1: You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Hope everybody's having a good week. Welcome everybody on a Thursday, May 7th into Friday, May 8th. Another edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt Derry. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. And also, you can find us on Twitter, at DairySpeaks, Speaks, my last name, D-E-R-Y, the word speaks, also at Lockdown Lions, and the Matt Derry Facebook fan page. Coming up on the show today, I'm recording before the schedule comes out. We can talk about the teams and everything else. I have a different angle that I want to talk about with the schedule. Also, day four, division crossover, Lions will be hosting the Colts this year at Ford's Field, Ford Field, oh my goodness, there's an old bit. And uh, Evan Sidery is the host of Locked On Colts, will join me in a little while today to discuss Indianapolis, very good football team. <laughs> Lions are facing the AFC South this year, which means they host the Colts and Texans, they go at the Titans and Jags. All those teams are good teams. I mean, I know Jacksonville's kind of a joke and everything else, but they're, they're not going to be an easy out uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So we'll talk about that coming up on the program today, the schedule. And then we'll get to Evan from Locked On Colts uh, momentarily. Thank you to everybody for listening and uh, joining us. The reviews on on um, iTunes appreciate that. Hope everybody is staying safe and uh, staying healthy. As far as the schedule goes, again we're recording this in the afternoon, and this will come out. And then tonight, the schedule, the entire schedule, will come out probably around eight o'clock tonight, and they'll be discussing it on both the NFL Network and ESPN. Here's the bottom line. All right, the Lions are going to be playing. In their division, the Packers, Bears, and Vikings. The Packers, Bears, and Vikings home and away. We get all that. And reports say the Lions are going to be hosting the Bears for week one. Again, the, this is a report from the score, 670 in Chicago. Um, and then the Packers. Oh, Chicago, by the way, has two radio, uh, two all-sports radio stations. Hmm, what a concept, two stations. Uh, yeah, you get a second option. What a, what a crazy concept. There's two stations in Cleveland. Do you guys know there's two stations in Pittsburgh? There's three in Phoenix, two in New York, two or three in L.A. We just have one. Uh, At the Packers, the Lions uh, reportedly are going to be playing at Green Bay in Week 2, which means they would uh, host the Vikings or be at the Vikings uh, for Week 17 because in the last week of the season, you play a division foe, and apparently the pair, the Bears and Packers are slated for Week 17, leaving the Vikings for the Lions. So that's just a little bit of a, a teaser for you for later. And I don't have any other – you know, John Clayton, the great John Clayton, had a report yesterday that the the first four weeks was going to be all AFC versus NFC, but uh, apparently that's been debunked. Can I just say something? Uh, whether the Lions host the Colts this day, play at the Texans that day, or host the Texans that day, whether they got to go to Atlanta or at the Titans this date that date, all the Lions are going to have to play, you know, at Green Bay in December. Uh, you know, look, it sounds like Week Two, which they would catch a break. Whatever it is, Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, whatever it is, and, and just go win. Just go win. I was looking at the roster today and I went, you know what? Let's say the two rookies, Stenberg and Jackson, are your starters at guard. Let's say Stenberg beats out Dahl. Let's say um, uh, Jackson is your right guard. And you look at the receivers and you go, all right, there's some guys here. You know, what if Hawkinson is Hawkinson that he's supposed to be? You look at the running back situation. You got Scarborough going with Swift and in, in, in carry on. You have a healthy Matthew Stafford. You have a least a, a professional backup in chase daniel i hate when people call him chase daniels by the way and then on defense are there enough pass rushers are, is there enough depth or one of these guys the two old Quaras, jamie collins i think they're going to add another edge or two the d tackles you know i think the secondary's going to be pretty good as long as Trufant bounces back and as long as Okuda is what he's supposed to be. And there's some depth at corner. The special teams can't get any worse. Who knows who the is going to be. But, you know, this team got better. The draft made them better. Free agency, I'm not sure. I don't know yet. They lost some very good players over the last couple of years. Snacks, Harrison replacing him with Danny Shelton. I don't know if that's an upgrade or not. Uh, you know, replacing A'shaun Robinson with Nick Williams, I don't know if that's an upgrade or not. I still have issues with the linebacking core. I do think Deron Harmon, together with Tracy Walker, um, I like it. I like it. You know, I, I think that, that that could work. The three safeties could work. Maybe you bring back Tavon Wilson on a, on a one-year deal, and you have some depth in that secondary. Go win these games. We know you're hosting Green Bay, Chicago, and Minnesota. You bring the Saints in here. That's a break. The Lions never, ever win in New Orleans unless it's some meaningless game at the end of the year. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tampa Bay Gronkineers. That's a home game. You've beaten Brady at Ford Field. Deshaun Watson. Oh, man, we got to go to Houston. No, he comes here. Beat him. Colts come here. Washington comes here. And then on the road, at Tennessee, (laughs) that's going to be tough. At Jacksonville, they have no fans. At Carolina, that's a bad Panthers team. They've got one player. At Atlanta, ooh, 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 the Falcons are so scary. Is Dan Quinn back for another year? And then at Arizona, the schedules, go win games. Oh, the Lions play out the Cardinals. There's an old bit siren for you. Is it me or to the Lions play at Arizona every year? Who's quarterbacking Stony Case, Drew Stanton? My goodness, I feel like it was just a couple of weeks ago we were down at the uh, Applebee's in uh, Temperance with the old 105-1 uh, crew watching Lions Cardinals. Good times, sometimes um, go win these games. Get better. Improve your team. All right, that's enough out of me. You're going to hear from Evan Sidery when we come back. Lions and Colts talk. I love these division crossovers. First, though, we're brought to you by Built Bar. My goodness gracious, folks, I I keep telling you every – I cannot wait to wake up every day and have my Built Bar for breakfast. Whether it's the mint brownie, whether it's the peanut butter brownie, whether it's the toasted almond, coconut, oh, whatever it is, the raspberry cream i love these built bars why it tastes just like candy bars 16 amazing flavors you get the you you can order it whatever kind of box you want at builtbar.com you can even get the mix i'm telling you this thing is legit tastes good and is good for you they're covered in 100 percent chocolate think about the grams of protein you're getting protein low calories only three four grams of sugar depending on the bar High-protein, high-fiber, they're delicious, and they're good for you. You want to lose weight, and you're like a Clark Bar fiend, or you love the Hershey Bars, you're grabbing that snack at the, in the middle of the day, forget about getting the Snickers or the Three Musketeers. Forget about your wife's Cliff Bar. Oh, honey, these are healthy. uh uh-uh. Built Bar, they're the best. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com, the best-tasting protein bar ever.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Hello everybody, welcome back into your latest episode of our crossover special on the Locked On NFL show. This is Evan Sattery of Locked On Colts. I'm joined by Matt Derry of Locked On Lions. Matt, how you doing today?
2: Evan, great to uh, connect with you. And, uh, you know, we got a little Lions Colts this year. Should be fun.
0: Yeah, it should be. And the schedule comes out today. We're recording this on Thursday, after- Thursday afternoon. So it'll be interesting when these teams match up here. But we're going to start things off today talking about the Lions and we'll dive into the next one with, with you, Matt. Ask me some Colts questions here. Going about 15, 20 minutes to today's show for our crossover special. I think this Lions team, Matt, if I'm on the paper, look, on the service looking in here a little bit, what an interesting year last year was for this Lions team because. We, saw, we heard all the rumors about Tua law in the beginning that turned to be really just smoke and rumors. We saw him take Jeff at number three overall in the draft, Matt Stafford. There's a lot of changes coming, I imagine. Matt Patricia and, and Bob Quinn don't do well as shared with the Lions. How important is this offseason and this upcoming year for the Lions?
2: Oh, Evan, it's huge. Uh, this is a team that, that is not in a rebuild. They're not a last-place team looking to accumulate picks and and trade their stars. They're looking to win. And in an NFC North that is You know, pretty dominated by the the Vikings and Packers. And look, the Bears had a down year last year and won eight games. The Lions have some work to do. Um, This is year five of Bob Quinn coming up. Year three of Matt Patricia. It is time to win. And They've got a $28 million a year quarterback in Matthew Stafford that they love, that isn't going anywhere. Like you said, the tour rumors and everything else was just that, just rumors. Uh, He's he's beloved in this town. Um, Not necessarily by all the fans, but ownership and the organization swear by this guy. And it's been 11 years. He hasn't even won a playoff game yet, so there's some questions there. How healthy is he going to be? But this is a big year for this team, and you know, they had a good draft. Uh, I gave him an A minus. A lot of the prognosticators gave him an A. So let's let's see now how they do uh, once they finish off reagency. I think there's a couple more pieces they're going to add, but if they can stay healthy, Galladay has a big year. Stafford does his thing. Can they stop people? Evan is the question.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. And, and I wanted to ask you about swapping out Darius Slay, who went, of course, to Philadelphia. And it seemed like he was very disgruntled from the beginning with Matt Patricia. You get Jeff Okuda, number three overall, who I think was the, by far the best cornerback in this draft. And many believe he's one of the best cornerbacks to come in the draft class since Jalen Ramsey. And we've seen the impact that Ramsey's made in Jacksonville and Los Angeles. Just how big of an impact do you expect from Jeff Okuda? And why do you think the relationship with Darius Slay soured?
2: Well, let's start with Okuda. He's, he's, I think he's going to be really, really good. The question is... You know, you pick a cornerback at three, is he gonna be special good? That's one thing this organization and one of the reasons why, Evan, this organization's won one playoff game in six sixty-three years is because they just haven't had enough special players. Yes, the Barry Sanderses and the Calvin Johnsons have come through town, but there haven't been enough of those guys. And, you know, you look at the Colts and you see all the special players that they had during their runs, and they've had some good runs lately. Um, there's haven't been enough of them. Hopefully Okuda's that guy. He has to be. You take him at three. As far as Darius Slay, I would have loved for them to keep him. He was under contract for one more year, but you know things went south at the start of 2018 when Matt Patricia came in and, and kind of went off on Slay in a team meeting very early in, in that season in camp, and that rubbed Darius the wrong way. All he did was go out and perform. He made two straight Pro Bowls under Patricia, but it was time for him to go. He had put stuff out on social media, and if you follow the lines in Bob Quinn, it's the Patriot way. So anybody that spouts off, if, you, if you're on the Lions and you want to get out of town, just put stuff out on Twitter because they'll, they'll ship you out. Quandre Diggs did it. Darius Slay did it. Snacks Harrison did it. They're all gone. So that's kind of what happened there. And they got a couple of, of draft picks for Slay, a third and a fifth. Uh, turned those players into Jonah Jackson um, uh, and, and this running back from New Mexico State. Um, so I I think that, you know, I think they're going to be okay when it comes to the draft young players, but the question is going to be, you're right, will they have a corner in 2020 as good as they had it in 2019 in Darius Slay? And that's, that remains to be seen.
0: I think the most, one of the more interesting picks, I know the Colts went surprisingly enough with a running back in the second round of the draft, but also Detroit did. I know Kerry and Johnson had his injury last year. He was a second round pick, Matt, in 2018 out of Auburn. They go out and get DeAndre Swift from Georgia at the top of the second round, did that surprise you at all? Because now I'm looking just as far as – Kerrion Johnson, though, had a good year before his injury, and he, I feel like he's done well throughout his career there in Detroit, but now you bring in DeAndre Swift. I think he's an upgrade over Kerrion Johnson. Is Johnson going to be phased out here, or is it more of a one-two punch long-term with the Lions?
2: No, I think it's a one-two punch. Uh, Kerrion can't stay healthy. He's he's a tremendously talented back. There's been flashes of, of really good, good play from him over the first two years, but again, both years has – his injuries have sidelined him for the remainder of the season. Uh, knees, everything else. They've got to keep him healthy. But to add DeAndre Swift, a guy that Bob Quinn never thought in a million years would be sitting there at 35. I think the Lions' draft board. If if I if I you know my sources are right, they had Swift as their top back, and then they had your guy Jonathan Taylor number two. So you know the, the first guy that goes off the board was. Was uh, uh, Edwards Hilaire? I don't. I think the Lions liked him, but not as much as those two players. So to get Swift at thirty-five, I think they thought was a bonus, uh, one-two punch type of thing, especially if carry-ons hurt. Um, but you know, Swift and Stafford together, I think will be pretty good. It is a little bit of a surprise they took two running backs too in this draft, but uh, they just haven't had a running game in years—not since Barry retired, and that's a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I know Matt Patricia wants to be a power run team to go along with the play action passing game. And it really was working for the first part of the year last year, Matt, when the Lions were doing well. And then unfortunately, Matt Stafford had his injury there and it went downhill from there. But I wanted to hit on really quick, I feel like as a really underrated wide receiver in the NFL, Kenny Galladay. And I feel like a lot of Colts fans actually have been comparing their, their first pick in the draft, Mike Pittman Jr. to Kenny Galladay. They have a similar skill set as far as their height, weight, and speed goes. Do you feel like Galladay is one of the more underrated Wilds in the league right now, Matt, which is the way he's played the last couple of years?
2: Yeah, you know, PFF just said the other day he's a top-ten guy in the whole league. Uh, he made the Pro Bowl last year as an alternate, then got to play in the game. So if you're one of those Bob Quinn draft truthers like I am, and you say, well, he's been the GM for five years and they haven't had a single Pro Bowler, well, Galladay, I guess, counts now because he made the game, but he was an alternate. But he is a special talent, and he and he is very good. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, when Stafford went down the last two years, so did Galladay's numbers because he had to be catching footballs from guys that weren't, you know, weren't weren't good enough as far as backup quarterbacks go. And they went through a ton of them this past season. Now they've upgraded that with Chase Daniel this year. But you know, Kenny Galladay's got the size, the speed, can get downfield, makes the big catch. He he is a true number one. And uh, obviously, the Lions were were you know, a fan the fans here were, you know, got to see Calvin Johnson for many years. I'm not I'm not comparing Galladay to Megatron just yet, but. No, you want to talk about somebody you throw on the Colts and you call them a Super Bowl contender? That, w- that certainly would be Kenny Galladay. Putting him uh, opposite of TTY would be pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, it really would be, and I, I think moving forward here, I think Galladay is going to continue to have a really good career, whoever the quarterback is long-term, maybe it's Stafford or someone else eventually. I wanted to ask you real quick, Matt, about Matthew Stafford, because I'm looking at his contract here on track for a second, it's a three-year deal, 2020, 2021, 2022, but there's a void in 2023 for no money that the Lions would do. They have only a dead cap hit of $6 million in 2022, which is two years from now. If all doesn't go well for Detroit this year, and they do clean house, let's say Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, is Matt Stavrook at the finish house contract? I know it's hard to say looking so far ahead here, but you have to wonder at this point just if the Lions continue to just be stagnant, if the new, if a new regime, if they come in, do want to change things up like that?
2: No, I I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, There's a lot of speculation, and certainly they haven't won in 11 years. Maybe he's the one that ends up, or his wife, who's very vocal on social, (laughs) comes out and says, you know, we're ready to leave. That could be the possibility. I don't think the organization and this ownership group is ever going to let him go. He's great in the community. He's he's loved here. He's done so much for the community, and, and, and is here most of the year, so they love him. Uh, you know, I, they weren't trading in this offseason, although there was some smoke there, because that cap hit for this year would have been enormous, uh, the dead cap money. After next year, after 2020, um, that, that number, like you said, comes down. So let's see what happens. I, I, I don't see them doing it. I don't see them going through with it. I think they feel like, all right, Stafford and Chase Daniel for the next few years, remember this, Evan, they've only drafted two. Backup developmental developmental quarterbacks in the late rounds in 11 years since they've drafted Stafford, and that was Brad Kaya, and and, uh, and Jake Rudock. So those were not guys that that uh, that were going to push Stafford. And this year they had the chance to take two at three. They didn't. They didn't even trade back. So I don't think he's going anywhere.
0: Last one I had for you, Matt, for our first time here talking about the Lions. How much do you think they closed the gap this offseason, if they have at all, with the NFC North as far as this year goes? Because I know it's make or break for Detroit this year, Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn. What do you feel like the expectations are for the Lions now this year after you got through free and seen the draft?
2: We'll see. I don't know. You know, I need to see the rest of the offseason. I need to see the schedule. Um, I wasn't impressed with what the Packers and the Bears did in the draft. I was impressed with the Lions, so that helps Uh, they need to surprise some people. They need to have a big year from T.J. Hawkinson. They need to get some pass rush help. They need this Julian O'Quara this the third-round pick, the $18 million man Trey Flowers from last year to get to the quarterback. If they can just improve this defense half and go from 31st in the league to 15th, the offense should be good enough they'd win 9, 10 games, and it's about time they did it. This is year five of the general manager and year three of the coach, so – Time to go win. I know, this, you know the schedule and, and the division doesn't help, but that's my expectation is is that they they surprise some people. There is enough talent on the roster, I think. I'm not sure there's enough defensively, but I know offensively there is.
0: Yeah, definitely the changes they made this offseason as far as looking at the roster and the draft. And I mean, you'd send out Slay, of course, Snacks, Harrison leaves. This is one of the more intriguing teams in the AFC North, I feel like, this year, and especially with the pressure on. Patricia and Bob Quinn moving forward here, but we're going to take a break before we dive into our second segment where Matt's going to ask me some questions about the Colts. I want to remind you guys if you're not ready to subscribe to Locked On Lions and Locked On Colts and our Locked On Podcast Network, Matt, and I give you guys great analysis, money through Friday each week with you guys. So if you're not already, make sure whatever platform you're listening to is subscribe to Locked On Lions and Locked On Colts. Back to you guys in just a second.
2: All right, everybody, start the competition today with people important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is her Super Bowl, so celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to exotic India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in the 1950s, India, through a new book of fiction called The Henna Artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club's pick for May. Then anytime in May, post a picture of your mom or you holding this ebook book or a book on Instagram or Facebook. And tag the author at the Alka Joshi, that's T-H-E-A-L-K-J-O-S-H-I. A A donation of four meals per post, up to 10,000 meals will go to Feeding America. So, hey everybody, buy The Henna Artist today at your favorite bookstore, including online, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make mom the ultimate winner in your family.
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
2: Our Locked On Colts, Locked On Lions, a division crossover. Evan Sidery and Matt Derry with you. We talked a little bit about the Lions uh, in the previous segment. Evan, a lot of excitement in Indy, I'm sure, about this, uh, this Colts 2020 outfit. Uh, the Jonathan Taylor pick was certainly interesting, and I'm sure Marlon Mack fans are freaking out. But, boy, that roster looks pretty darn good for next year, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it definitely is a big upgrade across the board. Really the most important position in football. A like quarterback, I think, is the big one. I know Philip Rivers had a down year last year, but with this Colts offensive line, they have the playmakers now in place, a power running game, Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. Going from Jacoby said who was a by quarterback last year, to Philip Rivers, who at least is an average quarterback in the NFL, I think is a huge upgrade for this offense. You add in, like you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor with Marlon Mack. It's going to be a dynamic one-two punch. And you throw in Michael Pittman Jr. as well on the offensive end to go with T.Y. Hill and Paris Campbell. Just a good mix of a big-body type with Pittman. You have the all-around type with T.Y. Hillen and the speedster in Paris Campbell. I just think this offense has very lethal capabilities that Phil Bruce can stay on his, on his feet most of the time. If the offensive line does stay as really consistent, which they had the last couple years with Quentin Nelson and them up front. I think overall, honestly, look at the defense side for a second, too, Mac. Acquiring DeForest Buckner for the 13th overall pick and all pro defense tackle was a huge one as well. I think the biggest move they all seen there was getting Buckner aboard to pair Darius Leonard on the defensive end. Going from seven, the 7 to 9 Colts team, Matt, I feel like could really take a leap this year.
2: Tell me about when you knew last year watching this team that Brissett was not going to be the guy at quarterback. Now, there's the argument made that Phillip Rivers might not be either and that he's long in the tooth, but. Uh, how how much do you think rivers is an upgrade and when did you know Brissett wasn't going to be the guy
0: i kind of honestly Brissett, he did do really well the first three four weeks of the season and i think a lot of it is due to him being in frank reich's team and not a lot of teams having film on him in the scheme yet he did really well in the first four weeks but after that once teams started getting more fill on him once teams started to really stack the box against his team which was really good with the run offense last year to really just have jacob Brissett beat them that only happened on one or two occasions last year against the falcons and the texans and the other games where they, they had Brissett try to beat them and re- went really bad. It got ugly up points in the last parts of the season in New Orleans and Jacksonville. And I think I kind of knew, honestly, at the, near the end of September, once there was a game against Kansas City. I know they went and won against the Chiefs, but that whole offense is dedicated around Marlon Mack and the power run game the whole day. They, they did, just didn't, I feel like, trust Jacoby set throughout the year, and that was pretty evident with Frank Rex play calling there. So I feel like I was pretty solidly sold on Jacoby not being the answer past this year about around late September early October but going out and getting Phil Brewers which was something I never would have expected because I didn't think it was gonna be in the market there but going from Jacoby Brissett to Phil Brewers I think is an upgrade and I feel like the pieces in place for Rivers just make a lot more sense than it would be for Brissett at quarterback
2: so let me ask you this you got Brissett backing up Rivers at least right now and Jacob Eason what's what's that gonna be like
0: yeah, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic, and it might lead to some awkwardness, to be honest, just because Jacoby Brissett was a team captain last year. He was the leader in the locker room. Now Philip Rivers comes in takes that spot from him, and he'll be the backup quarterback, making a $21 million cap hit, which is incredible to say. he will be easily the highest-paid backup quarterback next season. Jacob Eason is going to be a full redshirt. Of course, next year, with Brissett on board. But from all indications, Brissett will just be under contract through this season, and he will walk in free and here after this year. As far as Rivers goes, if he does well this year, it's mutually – uh, from what I've heard, it's mutual on both sides, that Rivers and the Colts. We want to have another year of it in 2020-2021 if he does play well this year. So I think the plan for them is to let Jacob Eason sit behind Rivers for two years and see what happens. But we the dice to on a fourth-round pick, 122 overall for Jacob Eason. They didn't tie themselves to Eason. He wasn't a first-second-round pick. So if they do, let's say, end up in a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance in 2021 or later on in the next couple of years – they're not really tied to Easton, so to say. So this quarterback room is going to be very flexible in the next couple of years, but it's definitely Phil Rivers' show for two thousand twenty.
2: It's the voice of Evan Sidery, the host of Locked On Colts. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Division crossover. These two teams will meet uh, this coming season at Ford Field. All right, tell me about the defense. You mentioned Buckner, a, a big need. And look, anytime you talk Colts football, going back to Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, all these all these days, it's always about the offense. The you know the Marvins and. I'm uh, 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 excuse me, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Edger and James, Peyton. You know the tight ends that they've had. uh Some so many good ones. No one ever talks about the defense. It, it, it seems like now with under Frank Reich and, and Chris Ballard, uh more talk about the. They think they made a statement getting Buckner. Did they not?
0: Oh, absolutely. They definitely. I think ended up like getting the crown jewel, so sort to of say, on the defensive end. With getting Buckner and you add him with Darius Leonard and Anthony Walker at linebacker. Kamoko Turi was in a breakout year before his ankle injury. And Justin Houston, the former Kansas City Chief, had 11 sacks last year for this Colts team. It's a young, ascending defense. I think like adding Buckner to that it might help them take the lead from average to at least above average or elite this year. And if you're in a win now mode like the Colts are going out and get Buckner and Phil Rivers, and really the next one or two years is your Super Bowl window right now with Rivers at quarterback, I just think this Colts team has a really good chance, man, of being a top 10 defense next year because. They have the speed on defense. There's a lot of athletes over there. We added Darius Leonard who will be running free more often with Buckner and help up front. I think the move from all sides makes so much sense, and this Colts defense I know regressed a little bit last year due to some injuries and some just a lot of good teams just scheming up a lot of good things against them offensively. But I really believe that this year adding DeForest Buckner will get more pressure on the interior and really change things for all three levels of this defense. So I think this Colts defense, just making a full prediction here, I think they'll be a top ten defense next year.
2: Tell me about, Evan, um, uh, the tight end spot. Are are you shedding a tear that Eric Ebron's gone?
0: (laughs) I am not, no. In the very beginning, Matt, I think it was definitely a honeymoon period for Eric Ebron in Indianapolis because Andrew Luck definitely helped make him a pro bowler in his one year there. But uh, from what I read in Detroit, Matt, it it was almost the same thing this year with Ebron. Oh, Yeah. His ego, his personality, and just his drops, and him wanting to be involved in the offense at an extremely high level was just, I think, rubbing teammates the wrong way. He shut down from an injury midseason just because it wasn't getting enough targets, which was really, I think, what rubbed Chris Bauer the wrong way. And immediately at the end of the season said, Ebron won't be coming back unprompted on that. So I just feel like he burnt his bridge in Indianapolis. He burnt his bridge in Detroit. So if we had to predict Matt, I imagine he might burn his bridge in Pittsburgh soon
2: what's the kicking situation you've got the 45 year old adam venateri uh i know last year they were, they were they were there was talk that this was going to be it for him i know the kind of legend that he is you know in indy in the carmel area um you know my my kids know his kids kids a little bit i mean it's 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 wild to think that there would ever be a day without him but he he did not have a good year last year what's what's the story there
0: yeah, he did not at all have a good year, and luckily for the Colts, they claimed Chase McLaughlin off labor waivers in December when the 49ers cut him, and he came in right away. They, they put Adam Vinatieri on IR once they signed McLaughlin, and from there, that was it for Vinatieri. It was just a really rough year for him. You could tell just physically his leg wasn't there anymore, and the Colts haven't said they made up their decision or not on Adam Vinatieri. He was going to be 47 years old this upcoming year, but you still have Chase McLaughlin under contract in 2021, They went out and got hot rod Rodrigo Blankenship as an undrafted free agent, so there's going to be a kicking competition between Blankenship and McLaughlin. We don't know if Vinatieri will be involved just yet, but I would say it's very, very, very unlikely that Adam Vinatieri, if he does play in the NFL again next year, that's with the Colts.
2: Do they win the division? If you look at it right now with what the Colts did in the draft and obviously not having a first-round pick, basically that was Buckner. uh, With what the other teams have done, Tennessee makes the title game. Houston's always there. Um, and Jacksonville's not bad. I mean, they were a title, the title game two years ago. So, what, what are your thoughts on what the Colts do this year?
0: I think honestly, they've really separated from the other teams. And when you factor in Houston trading away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of potato chips, I think it just makes so much sense as to why the Colts are going to take this leap this year. I think Tennessee, they lost a couple pieces on defense and offense. They lost Jack Conklin at right tackle. I think they're going to have a slight regression this year because a lot of it was based around Derrick Henry and late in the season. I wonder if he's going to really bite and just try to have Ryan Tannehill beat him more often, which didn't happen much last year when he supplanted Marcus Mariota. But you add in to the Colts side of things, Philip Rivers, DeForest Buckner, Xavier Rhodes from the Vikings, at cornerback. And you also throw in Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor uh, on the offensive end for some more firepower via be at the draft. I think this Colts team, quite honestly, is going to be a at least a 9 win team, but I think it's more so a 10-11-1 team and they... I think they won the division pretty clear by a game or two.
2: Evan, uh, it was a pleasure, man. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. I just want to remind you guys one more time to subscribe to Locked On Lions and Locked On Colts. Appreciate the time,
2: Matt. You got it. There he is, Evan Sidery, Locked On Colts. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. And that's, uh, that'll do it for the division crossover for another day. NFC North, AFC South. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.